Now it's time to talk travel and we're joined once more by Mark Evans, travel editor with The Herald. Mark, welcome to the programme. Where are you taking us this week? A little bit further than Wales last week. We're going to China, up to actually the capital, Beijing. Um, it's a place I've never been to and I kind of at certain kind of, what you call it, um, views of what it's going to be like, you know, motorways, you know, smartphones, um, a big, powerful nation, and it's 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 kind of all that, but it's also a lot more inside as well, you know. Okay, first of all, how did you get there? Yeah, well, I flew. Actually, I went with a tour. Actually, there's different ways of going. I would actually flew with Emirates uh, via Dubai. You know that you can go with Etihad. There's all different ways of going, British Airways, etc. Um, it's because you're flying east. The jet lag isn't too bad. So even even when I arrived there, like I arrived at ten o'clock at night. How long was the flight? Um, you're talking about seven hours to Dubai and a. A little bit longer, about eight hours, about 15 hours and then a little layover as well. It's about 17 hours, but to be honest with you, the jet lag, unlike going to New York or, or West, didn't didn't affect me. So uh, just literally went out, hit the town, had a look around and see what's about. And, when, 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 and why did you say it doesn't affect you, Mom? Because you're going in the opposite direction, you go, is it, or is it the, the time I, 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 I don't know, it, it should actually, but I, I found actually it wasn't a huge issue. And even coming back, um, it didn't seem to affect me. I, I You know, maybe other people have different views on that, but... Um, I suppose maybe it was because also you're seeing somewhere completely different. I was expecting Blade Runner or whatever. Like the first thing I saw when I was flying in, you know those kind of tacky cats you see on Moore Street with a little waving hand? Yeah. I saw a giant one of those and, yeah, I'm in China. <laughs> and <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose that buzz and that excitement just gets you straight away. The adrenaline starts flowing and you just want to see everywhere pretty much. Right. Um, so first impressions uh, was that, okay, Forbidden City. Yeah, everybody's well, heard of the Forbidden City. Well, everybody's seen the Forbidden City. If you've ever seen the Last Emperor, you know you get you know stories of eunuchs, emperors, you know concubines. Uh, one emperor had three thousand, um, and some had even more. They say concubines or uh, eunuchs. Concubines, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the, well, the eunuchs had their own little place as well. But they, they were kind of power hungry, you know, crazy little guys, you know, like. Um, but it's 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 the biggest collection of wooden structures in the world. It is just on a scale which is absolutely vast. Um, I'm not a big building person, but you, you can't but be blown away. You kind of go into one courtyard go, oh, that's it. Oh, that's that's not bad. Then another courtyard. Oh, and then another courtyard. It, it is incredible. It's just on the edge of Tiananmen Square. Like, you go under the big, uh, the gate went through under the big kind of portrait of Chairman Mao. So you kind of see that clash of, you know, communism. You've also got capitalism as well. Uh, and then kind of the old imperial, because you've got sort of the two power bases are right beside each other in that sense. And and most of the architecture that you're talking about come back centuries. Yeah, you're talking about 1400s up to 1910. Obviously, the last ember, he was gone at that stage, you know, when the, you know because of the revolution and the Japanese invasion. So um, that, that was the end of that. But uh, it, it's an absolutely amazing history, um, like, you know, all around China. But I, I my feeling was, the expectation was China had modernized. Most of this is gone. Um, maybe the Forbidden City, a few things. But it's temple after temple. It's just layers of history. And what's really interesting, you've got a mirror image of the West in the sense of you're kind of going, this is civilization was growing up while ours is growing up. And it was ahead of us in, in many ways for a long, long time. Um, go there. It, it's just fantastic. And the temples, uh, just one thing that would strike you, Mark, is when the communism mm. came in, mm. uh, they didn't do away with all this as, as, as they did in other kind of totalitarian regimes. Well, the whole idea with Mao, I think he was originally talking about actually knocking down a forbidden city. And then he said, well, hmm. It's kind of it's you know and China was you know unsure of its place in the world in, in the forties you know obviously forty eight onwards, and they said well you know this is history this this is kind of um, obviously they changed but you know one power overlaps another power it's like the the old medieval thing of you know build a church on Rome Roman ruins whatever so it's 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 still there like you know there hasn't been any tampering whatever and Beijing for a big city like we're talking about twenty one twenty two million people it's a scale you have to really get around but. It's a very, very friendly city. And that's what actually shocked me most about the Chinese because you go to a Chinese restaurant in Dublin, you don't go there for a romantic night out or a family fun night out. You know, it's, it's, it's somber, it's, it's, it's good food. 
But over there, people are just that bit wacky and been interested in Western world and they really are the friendliest people. Um, and, and that's something that kind of um, amazed me in the sense of, you know, I didn't expect that. Right. No, uh, the Summer Palace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was one called, well, she's known locally as the uh, the Dragon Lady. Uh, it's UNESCO World Site. It, it's just a place you go and, and a bit like anywhere in Beijing, because people live in small apartments, a bit like the nearest equivalent, I say, they're like Italians. They live on the street. You know, they, they kind of do their socialising on the street. They What's work. the climate like there? Uh, climb when I was well, I was cold enough now. It was nippy. Now I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, but um, the locals were kind of wearing fur coats and all oh, dressed what up. What time of year was this? Snow? Yeah, let's go back a few months. It was about um, let's go back in about March or so. Um, right. I'm talking about like uh, about 15 degrees for me. That's a kind of a mild summer's day yeah, yeah, for them. It's, for, them for them, it's cold. The one that you watch it was smog. It's grey. It's gloomy. Um, didn't affect me the smog, but you know that that's one thing to watch out for. There is a blanket of grey over the city like a lot of the time. And again, because you're in that kind of a communist, mm. or well, on the face of communist regime, <laughs> did you, I mean, in terms of freedom of movement, uh, all that sort of thing, nobody's keeping an eye on you or no, anything? No, yeah. no. Like, and, 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 you have an expectation of a superpower and, and everything was blown away. I met some local guys one night. I, went to, I always think when you go away, go to a local bar where people hang out, whatever, and it, it's more of an eating culture than a drinking culture, but uh, a bottle of beer is like one, one euro. And people are obsessed. They want to know everything. Like we're talking through Google Translator. And, uh, a lot in terms of language, in terms of speaking English. They use Google. No, English, you are, you know, we're top of the feeding chain, you know, when it comes to English anywhere in the world. When it comes to China, they've got more Chinese speakers than we do. So uh, get your Ni Hao Ma, get your right. Ni Hao. Piju, you know, um, Gan Bei. Lots of uh, using your hands. Yeah, well, Gan Bei for, <laughs> for Cheers is a good one. But it's a kind of place where, where you walk in as a Western. And Westerners don't tend to interact. Um, that's the one they said, expats. Don't go near them in the sense of, and I, I don't know how true that is. They said they're more aloof. So when I came in to, and sat down and started talking to these guys, and one guy was actually he was in Manchester. Um, he's perfect English and asked me about Premier League football and he missed deep fried Mars bars in Glasgow. That was his culinary experience of, of this part of the world, you know. Um, but very, very friendly people. And, and they would talk about anything pretty much. And, and you can see there's a shift in, in attitudes that they, they look at the older generation. And they want to move on. Um, if you go, you go to parks to generation to sing anything, you know, the Communist Party worker songs. It's it's actually very, very endearing. Younger people, they're kind of a bit too cool for school. They're not interested in that, but they will talk about anything. And you know, you don't feel like you're in a superpower. It's certainly not like you might have an, an idea of a police state or somewhere like Russia or a giant power like America. But sometimes you do feel that power. You don't in China. The only place where you might Tiananmen Square. There is that sense you are in a big, Everyone's big on guard for in case of a repeat. Yeah, well, I've heard of one guy actually unfurled a flag, um, and it was the Turkish flag of all things, and uh, he police pr- quickly yeah. descended on top of him. So, you know, you have that. It, it, hold, it holds a million people. It's one of the biggest squares in the world. Um, so you're talking about the population. Dublin was finished as one square. And that's the other thing. The, the impression you get from afar, again, is mm. that anywhere you go in China is teeming with people. Yeah, when you first arrive at the airport, you kind of go, whoa. But then again, if you're like six foot tall and you're a Westerner, like, you know, you're easily spotted. And, and that's the one thing I say. Did anyone yeah. mistake you for a movie star or anything, Mark? No, no, but there is that Justin Bieber thing where people do follow you around. Um, people will take photographs of you all day. Um, you're walking. Parks are a big thing over there. Everybody loves their park. And the parks are on a different scale from here. They're just like, you've got palaces, you've got beautiful gardens, etc. Um, they'll hand you their babies. Can I have a photograph of you? Western guy holding a baby. Um, your, our noses are hilarious to them because they're, you know, quite big by their <laughs> standards. Um, but I was with a girl actually, and you know, when she was, uh, there's a few of us over, and, and the girl, she's about six foot tall, but 5'11, six foot. Oh my God. She was like, you know, it's like red carpet on the Hollywood. They just want, everyone wants a photograph. Schoolboys, they line up like, you know, they're singing the national anthem, and can anybody take a photo? So you will spend a lot of your time looking around and seeing people taking photographs, yeah, and, and they just, 
it's just very inquisitive. Um, and if you're friendly with them and you know smile, if you have your again your knee how ma, um, it's something they're they're not used to and. Uh, You'll certainly enjoy, like, like, like I said, Italians. That, that's the nearest, and I didn't think I'd say it, but in terms of food, in terms of lifestyle, um, there's Italians of the East. Okay, now, any any trip to Beijing and China in particular mm-hmm. has to take in the Great Wall. Yeah, yeah, I went to the Great Wall. Now, only one problem, it was covered in fog when I was there, so I could see about How 10. How far is it from Beijing, first of all? Uh, well, 40 miles is the nearest um, section now. The, again, you have this hilarity of, of uh, Chinese uh, when they're trying to translate English. People with brain disease should not climb the Great Wall. So whatever brain disease is, that's a big sign. So we'll just watch out for If you have brain disease, anybody, any listening in, don't climb the Great Wall. It's quite steep. And I'm, I'm fairly fit. I found it hard so going. My impression was that you, 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 you just get on the wall and you walk along the wall. You do, yeah. No, like anything else, like parks, um, Great Wall, whatever you want to do in China, you do pay in. There's an admission, like there's a toll gate on pretty much anything you want to do. Uh, it's only a small fee. Like the, the Interesting court. for a communist country. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all paid. Well, let's suppose in the sense that they want to keep the numbers down because even though, like we were there lucky on a quiet day, the fog was there, you're not going to see more than 10 feet. But um, snow was still up there at that stage and it, it's quite close to Beijing. Now, again, the shorts and t-shirt maybe wasn't the best idea, but it's an absolutely fantastic place to go. Um, it's just one of those must-dos and they say, I've done it, I've been on the Great Wall and... Uh, and contrary to popular opinion, you can't see it from space. It is 13,000 miles long. 13,000 miles. Which is pretty much from Dublin to New Zealand, I, I reckon, you know. God, so we think about it. Yeah, there's all bits. There's all crumbly bits. But the bit nearest Beijing, obviously, look, the tourists are going to go to Beijing as the capital. So it's a bit like the old kind of um, broom and the handle, you know, how much how much has been kind of uh, reinforced over the years. So it's, you know, it's not going to be a thousand years old, but there are like, you do get a sense of the scale. And... I did about two miles, but two miles was kind of enough at that stage. I was like, "Yeah, done it." Yeah, I've done it. Been yeah, there, done that. Take it off the list. Did you get yeah. the t-shirt. No, no, you can actually get a medal. You can actually buy these kind of very, uh, very kind of tacky gold medals saying, "I've climbed the Great Wall." But I kind of, like I said, no, I'll leave that alone. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so thirteen thousand miles. Okay, the Temple of Heaven. Temple. Yeah, I like my, the sound of that. That was my favorite, actually. In fairness, now there's a there's a little park down there. Uh, it's right in the center of town, and it's. Uh, it's 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 Ming and Qing dynasties or like if I don't even know my dynasty too well, but it was it was basically pray for harvest. So these Ming, the Ming, Ming there, Ming, no, well not Ming, Ming the Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know he probably was? There might have been some fact finding mission over the years. Uh, you know? But no, it's 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 just it's again it's on a beautiful scale. You got a park there again. You pay into the park, uh, but the local people like again. My view on any city is, what are the people like? You got a Paris, you don't like the people. Then I'm not a big fan of Paris. No, I, I do love Paris and Paris, but. In Beijing, it's just madness. You get old women who do like dancing. I said, well, you know, I rock on up. Can I kind of have a dance in my best Chinese? And you're dancing at eight o'clock in the morning with them because they've, they've, no, they've no back garden. So everybody does their dancing. Tibetans do their Tibetan dancing. You have the Chinese doing their local, you know. So every little part of China, people's come out and, you know, they're knitting, they're playing cards. They, you know, just basically chewing the fat, kind of talking to different people. Um, and you've got that buzz and excitement. And of a lot, of, a lot of people, and again, you're talking millions and they're all it, but you don't feel that sense of being you know, overwhelmed by it. It's just you get a sense of humanity and a really interesting kind of nation. And and uh, and when you go like thousands of people suddenly walking, I can't imagine thousands of people walking to Phoenix Park, rocking on up at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, just start singing kind of old songs. It, it's it's got that kind of buzziness about it. Temple of Heaven again, um, most beautiful building I would say in Beijing, definitely on a must do. Okay, just a couple of your texts mm. from some people who've been there. I went to see the Terracotta Army on the overnight train oh, yeah, from yeah. Beijing. Amazing. Absolutely. Do you know that I, I, when I saw the Terracotta Warriors, they come over here maybe oh, about 10, 15 years ago, and it was maybe half a dozen or whatever. I said, oh, well, there's maybe half a dozen of these guys. There's thousands of them. You know, absolutely thousands. You know, you've got chariots. 
and they're still bit, digging up bits, you know, and they're putting, as you go into them. Uh, what is it exactly, like when you say the Tarakot army? Yeah, it was, it was well, what happened was at the time, um, it was one of the old emperors, and he said he wants an army to bring, like, a lot of the guys, if you were the concubine, it's bad luck, you're going to die, with, a bit like the pharaohs, you're going to die with your emperor, and you're going to be buried with your emperor. So he had this Tarakata warrior, um, warriors to actually protect him, you know, and the afterlife. Um, rival generals and rival armies just basically, you can actually see the burn marks where, where guys actually burned it down. Um, two, a couple of poor old farmers in 1974, they were digging a well and they found the, the Terracotta army. They thought actually there was something a bit mysterious and weird, so they called them authorities. Um, sadly, they might, might be moved on from their farm somewhere else. I don't know uh, where they end up. So if it's, the rule of thumb is if you find something, say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> If you find something here, it could be in the clover, but I mean, over there, yeah. You don't make any money out of it. Now, I don't think, like, the, I think the village was a couple of thousand people now. It's like 35,000 people live there in, in the area. Um, it's out just outside Xi'an. Um, it, it's an absolutely fantastic place to go. Um, Patrick in Dublin says, I slipped on the Great Wall 30 years ago through a lightning storm. Fantastic place, the most friendly people in the world. Absolutely, I totally agree. Absolutely agree to them. And D text, lads, can you pronounce the Queen? Dynasty correctly, it's like uh, Qing. Yeah, I don't know. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. Like, come on, we had we had problems with Welsh last week. You know, it's, it's hard <laughs> Chinese. I like. I'll, I'll go back to my. Uh, I'll go back to my Piju and I'll go back to to my um, Ganbei. Uh, These are the useful words when you're when you're kind of going out for a drink or a coffee. Um, the food. I mean, do we get real Chinese food here? I presume we don't. Absolutely, we do. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb on this one. You know when you get these kind of hipsters who go, oh, I, I, I went to this kind of Chinese place and I only eat with the Chinese. You know, I don't, don't eat. They don't have spice bags. That, that culinary tradition from Ireland yeah. has not hit them yet. But for breakfast, you have fried rice. You'll have noodles. You don't see as much rice as usual. You know, that, that's the one thing that shocked me. Um, Peking duck, it's the same as here, except it's a whole duck. And when you go to a restaurant, they'll give you a bag to bring the actual duck carcass home. But in terms of the plum sauce, in terms of, of uh, all the garnishes, it's exactly the same. It's only fresher. That's that's the one thing. Um, if you ever seen the Kel- Kevin Pilkington, you know, um, around the world thing, and he's gone to China and he's kind of insects on sticks. I asked and asked and asked. I just couldn't get them in Beijing. There's, there's, there's nothing funky. And I'm not saying you can't get, but there's a lot more dumplings and a lot more soups. But people don't drink tea, which amazes me, and they don't drink coffee. The tea, there's a reason for tea. It's too expensive. Tea's tea, too expensive tea in costs, China. Tea costs a fortune. Um, the tea houses, everything, you know, if you go to a tea house, it's a ceremony, a bit like, it's more like the Japanese in a sense of you've got a, five or six different teas, you go, you know, and you have a list of teas for if you've got radiation poisoning, you can take this tea. If you've got madness, you can take this tea. If you've got, a, you know, the nerves are a bit bad, here's a tea. And it goes on and on and on, you keep drinking. But it's a few places I checked out, about 10, 10 euros for a tea. Um, so what, what, what kind of staple do the... Chinese people have in terms of a drink in that regard. It's very hard to get drinking. Do you know, in funny when your caller was ringing about um, Xi'an, I was actually in a Muslim area of Xi'an. I went to, can I get some cha, which is tea? And the guy goes, uh, want a beer? I said, this is a Muslim quarter. I said, no, 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 tea is fine. I said, no, no take a beer. I haven't got any. So he gave me beer in a teapot. So it's, <laughs> and, and nobody drinks. Like coffee is like for the younger people, but like a cup of coffee in the airport when I was one of the airports was eight euros. It's equivalent of eight euros. Um, if you imagine the average monthly wage in China is about eight hundred euros. So, I'm trying to do the maths on that one. There's there's a few things mathematically I didn't understand, and I've asked and asked people. Um, like an apartment that, that could cost maybe two hundred thousand euros, but eight hundred a month. So I said, oh, we get a mortgage. So as long as your mortgage is like three hundred years, um, like a small house, and you don't have too many houses in Beijing in um, in the older quarters. Um, and again, you're talking about six million dollars to buy one. To buy a house with no with no bathroom and no plumbing, no no toilet, 
Um, these are the hutongs. And so, uh, what about the, there's there's much home ownership there? So, is there? Uh, no, it's it's all apartments. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, people said, look, I, I was talking to you know, I met a lot of people there and said, oh, well, we we were renting an apartment or we're buying an apartment. And again, I I, I couldn't get over thinking, well, how much do you actually earn and how much do you actually pay out? So you think we're bad over here, but just I I the sums just defied me. I I don't know how they did it, but you have a lot of people on things like seventy five year leases, and the families will then have ownership of that house for a certain amount of time. But you're talking like with a population one point three billion people, you know, it's it's um and everybody. Pretty much China, everybody lives on the eastern coast, a bit like, say, Canada, because you've got a big desert, you know, you've got areas. So all the big cities are pretty much, there's the cities you've never even heard of. There's one city, um, it's bigger than Shanghai, Shanghai, it's about 23 million people live there. I'd never even heard of it. I think it's Chinwing or something, I can't even pronounce it. And uh, they all just live on the East Coast largely, largely 1.3 billion people. Largely on the East Coast, yeah. If you look at the actual map, you've got Shanghai, you've got Beijing, they're, they're all on the coastline pretty much. Um, Xi'an is a little bit in uh, Chengdu, which is, Chengdu probably most people have never heard of until you mentioned pandas. 10 million people live there. Same population <laughs> as London. No, the other thing, no social media. It's a social media free zone. Yeah, now you can get around that. Uh, I hope the Chinese government aren't listening. You get a VPN on your on your, on your your smartphone, uh, virtual private network. I'm not a techie, but I actually managed to download one. Um, it, it, that, that, is, that is a problem. Not so much for Facebook or Twitter. I could do without those for a few days. Google Maps is a problem. I'm, I'm in the middle of Beijing and I'm, I go for a wander and suddenly I realise I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to get back to my hotel. Um, so I would say always bring a room room card. That, that happens to me when I go to the south side of Dublin. Well, I'm like that with south side of Dublin too in fairness. You know? But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is pretty tricky in fairness. You know? So uh, I would say do it. But they do have a local version of Google Maps which is in Chinese. It was like, you know, you want a degree in computer science try and work this thing. Couldn't do it. But the VPN will work um, not brilliantly but you can, you can buy but but again, it's all the control. The, the yeah, it's, it's called the Great Firewall of China and um, like they do have, the, they do have their own version of Facebook, their own version of Twitter, their own version of um, Tinder. Well, Tinder is more like notes in a park. That's a different story. But uh, um, yeah, no, it's it's. But like everybody over there, to be honest with you, anybody over when you're under a certain age, they all have ways around it. And tell me, how long would you want to go for, Mark? Depends on where, depends on where you're going. Um, I I did a tour now, and and in fairness, I packed it all in nine days. I did about four cities in nine days. Um, it's very doable. Um, internal flights are brilliant. Um, airports are fine. Um, road network is good. You can actually you can go by train as well, but uh, internal flights are cheap enough. Um, I, I went on a package which seriously good value. I thought because all the food is in, everything you know, everything thrown in, it, it was fine. Like we're talking nineteen hundred euros for nine days, and that would include food, board, everything, food, hotels, flights, uh, and internal e- flights, English speaking guides, everything. And your visa as well. That's the other thing you need to get before you go is a visa. But again, pretty much the same as America. You might have, you know, a little bit of red tape. But once you're there, I, I always think, you know, people think in terms of governments when they think of countries, but I think in terms of people. And people are fantastic, yeah. Great stuff. As good a recommendation as you can get. Um, Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. That's Mark Evans, travel editor with The Herald, telling us about Beijing.